From the Mitchell Center to Coleman Coliseum, the Bartow and Trojan Arenas. From Veterans Memorial Stadium to Legion Field to Hancock-Whitney Stadium. With a combined 75 years of experience in the sports radio world, these guys have spent their professional lives roaming the stadiums and arenas that host your favorite teams. And now, they invite you to join them inside the press box. Get ready for Chris Stewart. Throws it out. Norris left alone. Corner three. Red smoking hot. J.D. Byers. Three-step drop. Steps up. Looks. Swatted down. Set. Down he goes. Mike Grace. Curveball right back up the middle. They'll wave out and around third base. Slides into the dogs and won it. And the broadcasters, journalists, coaches, and game changers making today's news. <laughs> They're all here inside the Press Box. Welcome to the Press Box Podcast. For my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Grace. What you're about to hear is just a slice of our Press Box radio show. Heard on great stations across Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. The show is our way of sharing with you the access we enjoy to a group of friends and colleagues who, like us, have the honor of working with and around the teams and the sports we all love. On today's Press Box podcast, a little something different. Stand by for my exclusive Press Box one-on-one with quotation marks, Coach Nick Saban, quotation marks. Stick around, you'll see what I mean. We start, though, with some real Alabama talk as Aaron Suttles of The Athletic joined us inside the press box. First, I just can't help but be happy for Alabama basketball fans. Um, because, I mean, Alabama gets sort of stereotyped as a football school, and, you know, there's some jokes made about it. Nate, they don't say that great line after the SEC tournament. They said, we just be a championship school. So I'm, I'm really happy for Alabama basketball fans who've wanted to – just wanted a good product to watch and, they, and they've had one even last year when they weren't as good they were fun to watch it was an entertaining style of basketball and everything sort of convalesced this year with the senior leadership um the point guard play and then at the end of the year the way javon quinterly was playing it just came together and it was a magical season for them i i don't think it's a blip in the radar i'm not saying they're going to win the sec every year certainly kentucky's going to be more of a factor they had one of their worst seasons ever so They'll get back to norm, normal for them. But, uh, so I'm not saying Alabama is going to win the SEC every year, but I think they're going to compete for it every year, and they're going to have a good chance to win it uh, more often than not because, one, Nadeau's style isn't going away. I think you're going to see more and more people try to adopt it. It makes a lot of sense. And he's just, he's just a relentless recruiter. And I think Nick Saban, you know, I hate, I hate doing the, everything relates back to Alabama football, but just, just let me have this one point. Sure. Nick Saban would probably be the first to tell you he's not the greatest football coach of all time, but he might be the best recruiter of all time. And I, and I think to, to get where your program wants to be, you got to have the athletes. Now, certainly, Nate Oates inherited a lot of that with that senior leadership that we talked about, but he added to it. And whether it be through the transfer portal or bringing in guys like a J.D. Davidson, like Alan's rosters continue to be good. Uh, and I and I think Alabama basketball is going to continue to be a fun product to watch for years to come. I would agree, and I'll tell you one of the things encouraging for me from a perspective standpoint, Aaron, for the the fans, and, it go, and I'm glad you referenced last year 
because that to me was kind of a starting point. And I've experienced it just in the last few days with, with people too. Last year, there was one game, and I don't remember the game that it was, but Alabama lost a game late that they should have won. It was later in the year, very late in the year. It was a home game, and it was a game that they, that they should have won. And you and I have had this conversation. People will say things to me that they would never say to the coach for whatever reason. They'll walk up and say it to me, and it's, it's a blessing and a curse, I guess, with the position that I have. But I'm thinking, oh, here it goes, and I'm going to have to smile politely and just just take it. <laughs> uh, and there were three different people that came up to me and to a person said some version of, well, I'll tell you what, whoever gets us better get us now because it's coming. And I thought, wow, they get it. They understand, and they see what I see. There's no guarantee. But they see and have the same belief that I do that it is a starting point. And the same thing in the last few days. People are extremely disappointed that Alabama didn't beat UCLA and didn't get to the Final Four. But I don't see the absolute dejection because I think they understand that it's built for the long haul. It was not built for a one-year deal. And there's hope going forward, just like you said, that they can achieve what they want to in the regular season and still have hopes of making that run in the postseason that has never actually occurred for Alabama basketball before. Yeah, I think I think it's a good place to be. One that you're disappointed, and you're disappointed when you get when you're disappointed in life. It's because you knew you were capable of something else. And I think people realize that that game got wasn't Alabama's best effort. They were capable of beating UCLA. No offense, UCLA's on a great run. Um, and did what they did. But I think Alabama probably feels like they let one get away. And how can you not feel bad for a guy like Herb Jones, the way it ended for him? I mean, he, he deserved to go out better than that. But I think really people are so excited is because immediately, you know, there's some big jobs opening this year. And normally, if you're not a blue blood and you got a coach that's up and coming, Nate Oates is certainly that, you're sort of maybe a little insecure about losing your coach. And then you, Nate Oates comes out and says, we're not going anywhere. And yeah. I think that makes him feel good. And I think, um, I think the fact that he's a little brash and the fact that he he'll say what he's thinking, and maybe there's not that filter. I think people like yeah. that. And, and again, the style of basketball is so fun to watch. Um, it's just, you know, even if you're not a hardcore basketball fan, Alabama basketball was a fun team to watch because they can go out in one night and make 20, 22 threes, 23 threes like they did against LSU. They can hit 16 threes like they did against Maryland in the tournament. Um, and, and then that team was also capable of winning in different ways. They were capable of winning with defense. They were a gutty team. They could they could win a back-and-forth game like they did against LSU in, in the tournament championship. So I just think there's a lot of room for optimism with this program. And let's be honest, there, there hasn't been for a long time with Alabama basketball. And hopefully – you know, this, this sort of stereotype that Alabama is a football-only school that fans only care about football is going away, and Nate Oates and his staff have a lot to do with that. Aaron Settles is our guest from The Athletic. Aaron, it's J.D. down in Mobile. Uh, we'll get to some football and spring football here in just a moment, Nick Saban's crew. Uh, for folks who are hearing maybe Aaron on the radio on our show for the first time and The Athletic, I wanted to get you in a, uh, in a direction about The Athletic. Um, Obviously, it's a subscription base, but there's been some news, and it's exciting stuff. 
for folks who don't know Alex uh, Mather and Adam Hansman or Hansman, they were the guys who uh, put put all this together. Just got over to a uh, eclipse the million subscriber mark. I'm a big uh, like Wall Street Journal and and CNBC nut. I, I love watching that almost as much as I watch sports. But there's some uh, there's some big news. Wall Street Journal's uh, reporting it that uh, the Athletic and Axios, which is a short form news service, are going to merge and may even go public as a company, but still operate independently and do your own three, own thing, but kind of be one entity. That that's kind of some exciting stuff, is because the Athletic just came on the scene suddenly. When people like ESPN and others were cutting back, some of those writers came over to this service and and have really blossomed and made a really special thing. Yeah, it's it's been a blessing. You know, I'd gotten out of sports writing for a little bit and and was sort of uh, doing what you guys are doing, a little radio work, and that was my focus. And the athletic approached me, and it was really too good to to pass up because it it allowed me to do what I wanted to do as a sports writer. And what I mean by that is. Um, sports writing, especially if you cover Alabama, um, you'll see a lot of the same stories. And that's because access is limited. And every person that covers Alabama is going to get the same two football players a week uh, or a day and the same Nick Saban questions. So I'm working on a story that's unique to me. I have to ask my question to those players and to Nick Saban so everyone in that room knows what I'm working on. And if they wanted to, if they, wanted to they could turn around the story the same day. So I what I'm allowed the freedom to do is take a little more time with my stories and get out what we call get outside the room so that I'm able to give the subscribers of the athletic who care about Alabama football, a different story that they're going to, then they're going to get from my competitors. And that's, that's not saying my story's better. It's just different. Who wants to read the same story about Alabama football five times from five different outlets. Amen. I try to, I try to be able to just give them something different uh, from a different perspective. Aaron, I, again, part of what we do with the show is, and, and hence the name, is we kind of peel the curtain back, and we use that phrase a lot, but it's it, it's what we try to do and let people know on the, the inside of it. I'm trying to remember, you're not old enough, I don't guess, to have been in the room when Nick Saban first came to Alabama. You weren't one of those, were you? I was, I was around, but I wasn't on the beat. So okay. 2007, yeah. I was covering games for the Tuscaloosa News, but I wasn't the Alabama beat writer. Gotcha. Well, the, the reason I say that is I just would love for you to talk. You, you mentioned somewhat limited access, and yet I've, I've told many people before that for those of us that were in the room the very first day, and I'm not talking about the, the coronation, as I call it, when a, a coach is introduced at Alabama because it is a – you know, there's so many people in there that aren't media. But I'm talking about his first true press conference that he had when he finished. He uh, he he went for about ten or fifteen minutes, and then he then he walked out towards the room and he said, "Y'all put your chairs around and you know, let's sit around here and talk." And everybody kind of looked at each other, but they we took those desks, those chairs, and and basically sat around a circle. And he made the statement. Aaron, he goes, look, I don't know what y'all have been told. He goes, but you're going to have access to my program. That doesn't mean that I'm going to finish a team meeting and that you're going to be able to grab every kid and ask every question you want immediately. He goes, but you're going to have access to my team. You're going to have, he goes, his, his words were, and I'm, this is almost verbatim. 
I understand the job you've got to do. I respect the job that you've got to do. And I'm going to help you do your job the best I can, but not at the expense of doing my job, which is to win football games. And I thought, you know, man, that's, that's pretty blunt, but I also think it's very fair. So I just wanted your perspective as somebody who, who has followed that beat on a day-in, day-out basis, how true to that he's really been. Uh, listen, he, he is, um, compared to other programs, like uh, Undergrowth Smiles On, Auburn had horrible, um, horrible assets at times, much worse than Nick Saban. Um, I think the access is good. Is it where a journalist wants it to be? Probably not. But at the same time, a journalist probably is never going to be happy because they want more and more and more. Uh, I think it where, where it particularly becomes difficult at a place like Alabama is they recruit so well that when you have – let's go back to 2012. Um, Alabama wins the SEC championship game in just thrilling fashion. Um, and two of the most important players in that game were T.J. Yeldon and Amari Cooper, who were freshmen and <laughs> And not allowed to talk to the media. And you're talking about a guy that yeah. caught the game-winning touchdown pass that sent Alabama to the BCS against Notre Dame. Um, not allowed to talk to him. So there are there are challenges. But I will say Nick Saban, even when you risk the chance of being dressed down, and let me say, every time you ask Nick Saban a question, you, you risk that because a lot of times Nick Saban, it's not the particular question that might get him upset. Sometimes it often is. But oftentimes it's him trying to deliver a message to his team, to a recruit, to anybody, to the fans. And if he can take your question and steer into the message he wants to deliver, he's going to do that. But when you generally ask him a question, even if he blows up at you, he's kind of, he answers the question. Um, and, and so as a journalist, I'll take that all day over being able to watch three hours of practice every day. Um, that doesn't bother me, the limit to, to practice, because um, I just don't, I think, outside of injury information or who's available and taking role, I don't know that there's a lot to gain uh, from the average journalist about practice, but I would take Nick Saban honestly answering questions, which he does over some of the stuff that we lack. Talk with Aaron Suttles, the name of the, uh, the websites, the athletic, uh, you can read his work and really some of the top sports journalist in the country now working with that website and in a really interesting concept, a national site with the local connections and, and Aaron, certainly a huge piece of that with, with what he does um, for that, for that site. And I, I keep out of force habit want to say publication, but it is strictly the website itself. Let, let's go to the football side of it and, and talk about right now, the, the guys were asking me earlier, and we've only got about four minutes left with you. Jalen Milrow, you know, everybody's, you know, got a, got a perception of who the quarterback will be, but um, he's, he's really in a, an amazing spot with the talent that's available at that position, isn't he? I think all the quarterbacks are. Um, the fact that Alabama has transformed itself into the top wide receiving uh, program in the country is amazing. It's flat out amazing what they've done. And, five, six, seven years and, and, and being able to recruit the best wide receivers in the country. Cause they send the four of the top nine receivers in the, in the country in the 2021 recruiting class. So I think he's in a good spot. I, I think this particular spring, all the quarterbacks are at a little bit of a disadvantage because they got a couple linemen out, you know, Emil Ikior 
not participating in the spring practice. Pierce Quick, not participating in the spring practice. And then you lose, what, three starters from last year. You lost uh, Alex Leatherwood, Landon Dickerson, and uh, Deontay Brown. So it's a transition up front. I, I think that is going to be a hindrance in those scrimmages. When you're out some linemen and you're reshuffled up front for a quarterback, especially a new quarterback with a lot of new wide receivers stepping in into the fray. So, but man, there's a lot to like his frame. Now we've seen a kid from Texas before <laughs> pretty athletic. They did pretty well at Alabama and Jalen hurts. So I'm not making that comparison uh, directly, but I think he's in a good spot because Alabama's got great offensive linemen, even though they don't have that. Uh, they're all available to spring. They got great wide receivers, and they got – I mean, tell me about a running back room in the country. It's 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 patently absurd how much talent they have yeah. at running back, and they're not done because Kamar Wheaton's going to come in this summer, and oh, by the way, he's a five-star freshman. Yeah, that's uh, – it, it's incredible. Uh, a minute or so left with you. Run through, again, how people can find your work and and just a, a quick word on, on the athletic and what the site is. Yeah, if, you, if you'd like to keep up with me, you can, uh, I'm on Twitter at Aaron Suttles and theathletic.com. They're covering not just every sport in the country, but uh, we're in Europe. If you're a big soccer fan, uh, they got you covered there. Hockey, I mean, they got every sport covered, NASCAR, boxing, MMA. And, of course, we, we got you covered with the, everything in Alabama. Um, but just at theathletic.com and one price gets you everything. You don't have to subscribe to every different venture and vertical there is. It's just one fee. And you get all of our coverage at theathletic.com. Aaron Suttles of The Athletic, our guest here on the Press Box Podcast. Mike Grace for my partners, Chris Stewart, J.D. Byers. They won't take credit for this, but I can. Okay, it's my exclusive one-on-one. You'll only hear it here on the Press Box. An exclusive one-on-one with quotation marks, Coach Nick Saban. Okay, Coach Saban, I don't mind admitting I'm a little bit nervous, so I really appreciate you taking your time with me and and uh, your patience first of all thanks for joining us here inside the press box well i certainly appreciate the opportunity to be with you guys here today and uh first of all I'd like to say how proud i am of uh this group of young men well, that's awful flattering of you i don't know that any of us are really spring chickens but that's another thing uh, just curious have you had a chance to actually listen to the press box you no know, i enjoy doing that i have a passion for it so you know, maybe that's why I get excited about it. Wow, that, that that's quite a compliment. You know, uh, we already know that you know our Chris Stewart really well. He's been hosting your TV show for several years now. When you think about Chris, what comes to mind? You know, I wish he was bigger, mentally and physically, uh, and I don't think anybody could argue that fact. Oh, boy, but maybe I shouldn't go there. Let's move on then. I, I'll ask you about our J.D. What do you know about our J.D. Byers, the voice of the Jags? The guy's got really good skills. I smart, um, got really good feet. Wow, you know, I don't know that I've ever noticed that about J.D.'s feet, but um, he is a former kicker, so I guess that makes sense. Okay, so we've talked about Chris, and we've talked about J.D. Let's pretend now that one of them is interviewing you now, Coach, okay? And their question to you is, what do you think of Mike? First of all, he's a great person, and he does things exactly like you lay it out for them. If you want to talk about accountability and responsibility, you're never going to find anybody that will do it any better than he does. Wow, that really is so kind of you, Coach. Oh, oh, excuse me there. I bumped into my microphone there. Pardon me. You know, you need to stay focused on what's in front of you. Okay. It, it was just an accident. Um, Can we get back to Mike? Uh, and, you know, again, uh, anything else you'd like to say 
about uh, Mr. Grace? Don't ask me any more questions about that because that's all I have to say about it. I don't. I can't say it. I don't, I don't have anything else to say about it. So don't ask. There, there is, there is no more. Well, okay then. Maybe, maybe went one, one, one question too far. Maybe, huh? Was that it? Thank you. Uh, okay. uh, thanks so much, Coach Saban. Appreciate you being with us here inside the press box. Great stuff. It is the Press Box Podcast. Find it wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, Apple and Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you find your favorite podcast, just search for Press Box Radio 1. That's Press Box Radio and the number one. Find us daily, 24-7, online at PressBoxRadio.com and check the affiliates page there to find us uh, nearest you, station nearest you that carries the Press Box throughout the week. It's been great. Hey, thanks for joining us. That is the Press Box Podcast for this April Fool's Day. Thanks for being with us.